0: How spending eight hundred dollars on a coffee machine is, is better than spending eight or
1: nine dollars. Uh, and you're a financial guy, right? Like, let's just yeah. you're a, you're, a, you're a financial guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, okay. It, yeah, it, it, in my mind, it worked out.
1: The Country One Hundred and Seven Morning Show with Dave Anthony. As always, very excited to catch up with former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, Grey Cup champion, Twitter disturber, and all around good guy John Rush. John, as always, great to chat with you.
0: Yeah, no, it's great to be here. I
1: always I always appreciate being here every single week. It's a good time. Alright, so we're going to talk a little football. You lit Twitter on fire again with some really bad takes this week. We'll get into retweet or delete. And uh, we got to congratulate you on the special event you've got coming up that's actually sold out. So, lots to get to today. Let's start with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and their 28-14 loss at the hands of the Montreal Alouettes. What did you think overall of that game that really didn't mean a lot to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. What were your thoughts?
0: You know, a lot. <laughs> a lot. There is a lot of thoughts on that game. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting co- to see kind of the media uh, after that game, uh, and everyone's talking about how amazing, um, you know, like, oh, my God, we need to protect Zach Claros at all costs. Um, you know, and they're like, this is just shows you, you know, how important Zach is, and, and like yes, Zach is like we've discussed before, an amazing quarterback. Which ironically, you know, uh, you know, during the first couple of weeks there were actually questions about that. So uh and I and I remember vividly saying, just being like, everyone just, you know, calm down. We'll give him some time, he'll be fine. And now he's probably gonna win the MOP. Um but it's it's interesting because for a couple of reasons. Um like yeah, like by all means, Sean didn't have a great game, and that's you know that that's fair. You have four interceptions, that's not that's not a good look for kind of anybody. But uh, you know, I feel like not a lot enough people are kind of looking at the overall picture. And not a lot, not enough people are kind of talking about Andrew Harris being out and Andrew Harris not playing for a while, um, because by all means, the run game hasn't been established since he's been out. And one of the best things that you can do for especially a rookie quarterback to relieve pressure from him is establish a run game. You know, so when uh, when you don't have your star running back and the, the, the other running backs aren't kind of establishing that run game, it makes it a lot more difficult for that quarterback, right? So there, there's a little bit more to it than, you know, then meets the eye. <laughs> like, like, a lot of people are, you know, kind of just saying Zach's the best, but I'm like, you know, there's... He is. I'm not I'm not saying he's not, because he is. Like, no doubt in my mind that Zach is the best quarterback in the CFL uh, and we need to protect, protect him at all costs. I've, you know, I've said that before. Uh, but there's a little bit more to an offense than just the quarterback, right? Um, and, you know, everyone kind of has a role, and they were also resting, you know some of their O-linemen too and I'm just like you know like I feel like not a lot of people are giving Sean some credit here you know four interceptions is four interceptions I get it but you know it there's more to it than
1: than just the stat right yeah he wasn't exactly put in the best situation for him to succeed because like you said like Oliveira, very good running back he needs to have more than seven carries in 27 yards uh, yeah. you know, cause you like it, it seems like something so small, but he, uh, Maguire attempted 26 passes. He probably should have been at, you know, 18 to 20. You know, exactly. you, you take away six pass plays. That's probably two interceptions, but you know, like you can just knock that all down and go back and forth. But again, he, he performed well. I, I thought that you pointed out that he should be doing, uh, the playbook. And I thought he was very vanilla and he showed he could kind of stay within the system. Yeah
0: no exactly right and and that i think what people or like as coaches were looking for which is you know which is great uh you know which is definitely uh which is definitely a positive but uh you know i i know the one thing everyone's focused on is the interception it's like you know there's there's more to it than that and and it's hard to defend for interceptions, <laughs> you know like, it, it you know whenever someone says four interceptions it's like yeah that's that's a hard one. That's a tough one to defend. But, uh,
1: well, you're not going to uh, win many games throwing four picks.
0: No. No. That's, just, that's not really how it's going to work. But like you said, he wasn't in a great situation. We we're arresting a lot of guys, you know, and, you know, it, even if we had Zach in, uh, you know, it might not have gone as well as a lot of people would have wanted it to. I'm sure it would probably would have been a bit better, but I'm sure it wouldn't have been, uh, you know, as amazingly well as, as most people probably would have wanted it to, especially with, again, because it wasn't just like, it wasn't just, you know, um, Sean is a you know rookie quarterback, so he wasn't doing a lot of things. That was the game plan. That yeah. was the, their entire offensive playbook for that week was they're not showing other teams anything anymore. So they're going to run the same 15 to 20 plays the entire game. And the, yeah, and the defense knows that. <laughs> so, you know what I mean. So, there, there's so much more to it than just than just you know him throwing four picks and not being a good quarterback. Because Sean McGuire is a good quarterback. Yes, yeah. we like he just needs his he just needs time and he needs he needs reps and and needs to be in a bit better of a situation too. But you know, I, again, it's hard to defend four
1: interceptions. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, again, before we get back into the loss. Uh I do have a question, so you say that they're gonna run you know the same fifteen to twenty plays. What is the average amount of plays like the Winnipeg Blue bombers offense would have like how many plays would Zach Caleros have to know uh you know for the western final, let's say how many plays per game does he have to know?
0: Yeah, no, that's a great question um and it it really kind of depends on a lot uh so at the start of the at the start of training camp, you get given a like a playbook right and uh you're basically like told that by the end of the training camp you need to know the entire playbook the entire playbook's about 300 pages long i'm not sure what it's what it is with buck um but with with lapo it was about 300 pages long uh and that's pretty standard uh when i was on defense too it was kind of the same thing it was about 300 pages there's a lot of there's a lot of fluff in it and things like that so you about like 100 and probably 50 of the pages 150 to 175 ish are things you like need to know and memorize and the other stuff maybe like not so much especially because you know uh with how many americans coming up uh to the cfl like a lot of those pages are like just literally explaining them to them the cfl rules right so um so like if so for us like for us canadians it was just like Okay, well, we've been playing this our whole life, so you can, I can skip this. Baby. <laughs> so, and there's, you know, there's a lot of things like that. Um, but but then, so then you have, so you have these like 150 to 175 plays, and then uh, each week, you know, so like week one, you'll probably have a playbook. They 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 cut it down. So like every week, it's not like hey, you need to know all 175 plays. Like by the end by the end of training camp, they expect that. But then by week one, they cut it back down to, like, 50 to, like, 60 plays. And they can always pull out a play out of the pay book if they really wanted to. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty rare that they would do something like that. Um, and then and as the season goes on, like, depending what they're kind of seeing from other defenses, they'll just, they'll, like, add in, like, five to ten new plays every week. But then also kind of remove a bunch of plays uh, each week, so it kind of hovers uh, between I want to say fifty to seventy-five, and uh, it kind of stays there for the Western Final. I I would expect it to be closer to like the seventy-five range, yeah. just to have that versatility uh, and they and because they have time with the bye week that to like to for like the extra prep to you know get. All, everyone on the same page make sure everyone knows all the plays uh, things like that so you know I, I'd expect that but that's that's kind of like how how it works um, from their their perspective and, and it's interesting because even at halftime sometimes they'll come in uh, they'll come in and, and they'll put in new
1: plays wow. at halftime so uh, depending on what we're seeing from a defense sure. Uh, do what, do the guys need to know what everybody on a specific play is doing? Like, do the receivers know need to know, you know, who the offensive line is blocking or what route that receiver is running compared to the route that I'm running? Do they like, do the guys need to know what everybody on a particular play is doing, or is it just focused on themselves? So it's interesting
0: because <laughs> um, because for me and how i operated because i came from defense so i always needed to know what everyone was doing because on defense uh, especially as a linebacker it all kind of works together right whereas offense is a little bit different um so on defense like on defense like yeah you can kind of just know what you're doing but you're not going to be good because you don't if you don't know like if you're blitzing you don't know what the d line in front of you is doing you're going to run into somebody. You're not going to be in the right gap. Like, it's, it's just going to be a mess, right? So you, you kind of have to know, uh, for the most part, what the, the, what the other kind of defenders are doing. Um, but on offense, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different in the sense that, like, the receivers, for the most part, especially because they're such a veteran squad, they all kind of know what they're doing, like, all of them. Uh, But most receivers only kind of know what each individual person is doing. So, um, especially the rookies, because there's so much to know. It's so different for them, especially, like, with the American rookies coming up uh, and, like, the waggle. Yeah, It just, like, it blows their mind. It's kind of funny to see, actually. But the waggle is just so confusing for these Americans coming up. It just, they're, like, their sole focus is just like, okay, I just need to... like get through this (laughs) figure this out (laughs) figure out what i'm supposed to do so um you know so for the younger guys they're very individualistic uh but like so like you know so (laughs) because of the ratio i often especially in practice would have to like i would take i would take wide receiver reps with the first team group often because i was a second string fullback so Um, like Miller would never could never go in because he might get called to go in. Yeah. So so if a guy was down, if a guy needed a rest, they would just throw me in. Because for the most part I knew the entire playbook and I knew what every position was doing. But sometimes like they'd throw me in a like on the backside formation and be like, Come on, I don't like I'm (laughs) playing beside Darwin, like first of all, I'm a middle linebacker. This is ridiculous. Second of all, um I like I don't really study this position that much, and if it's a play they just introduced, like you know, Zach would call the play sometimes, and I would just look at Darvin. I'd be like, "Hey man, what are we doing?" And he would just like he would just tell me. He'd be like, "Start here, just run this." As we were like walking out, and I'm like, "Cool, cool, cool thanks." So you know, it's it's kind of great in that sense, and the whole O line will know what the entire O line is doing. Um, uh, they they have to they communicate on every single play, yep. and and so it, it's it's kind of like it's you know, on offense is more sectored. It's more like hey, like the receivers know what the receivers doing for the most part. O line knows what the O line's doing, and then the backfield knows what the backfield's doing. Backfield kind of knows what the or they should at least. Um, like and like Harris, he's crazy smart. Yeah, he's crazy smart. He, he would know what him.
1: everybody's doing.
0: He's every single person. He knows yeah. what the O line's doing. He has to know what the whole line is doing because a lot of times he's involved in the protection. He also knows what all the rece- all the receiver routes do. Crazy smart dude. So, um, so you know, for him, it, like having like I can't understate how important it is to have Andrew Harris back for that Grey Cup game.
1: Like, Absolutely, and the West Final.
0: Well, and the West Final. You know, West Final like you know is, is important, but like I feel like we might be able to squeak it out. But, like Grey Cup. Like, we
1: need to have him back. <laughs> yeah, but, like, nobody's going to stop him from returning for... I, I guarantee he's going to be playing in, in the Grey Cup for sure, and right? I could almost yeah. bet the house on he's going to play in the Western Final. Like, you would yeah, have to no. chop his leg off for him to miss that game, and even then, he still may be able to rush for 50 yards and a couple of catches. Yeah, oh, exactly, right? So, so yeah, so,
0: you know, it, it, it he's a very... A, a very integral part in that offense, and that so makes it, sense
1: it, with with why you're saying with him out, it kind of hung McGuire out a little bit in the game versus Montreal. Yeah, because yeah. he's not like he's a he's a great outlet because you can always you know hand him the ball and go. He's a great uh, receiving option out of the backfield, and he's probably a calming influence as well. If McGuire needed to look to somebody to maybe call a play, Harris could maybe be that guy as well, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, that's
0: exactly. it. You know what I mean? So. You know having that you know that vet there to help you out it it's i it can't be understated so it you know it's it, you know it was just a bad position for mcguire to be in it's unfortunate but yeah. uh you know i I hope he gets another shot and you know i know he will and uh you know i hope the fans kind of give him another shot here and because you know like i've been able to watch this guy play for a while now i practice. and
1: He's a good quarterback. He just needs more reps. That's yeah, it. I don't think fans are shipping him out anytime soon. I think they understood that he was. What, yeah. what was going on that game? Yeah, yeah, I know that's fair. So,
0: you know, I'd be, I'd be, you know, I would love to see what he did in a game that mattered. Um, but like had all the starters, you yeah, know, had had all the starting wide receivers, had the, the whole starting O line, and had Andrew Harris in the backfield. You know, that would be interesting to me.
1: Yeah, I wonder because you know what? Football doesn't do it like they do in hockey. Now, granted, they only play one game a week, In hockey you have you know upwards of three or even four games a week. But you know the backup quarterback never gets a start when the starting quarterback's healthy, right? Like you you never see the backup just kind of get a game mid-season just to get some work in.
0: Well, yeah, that's exactly it, right? So it's uh, it's tough because then you know like how do you how do you um, get better without those live reps unless someone gets hurt (laughs) and that's exactly what you don't want you don't want to rely on someone getting hurt right so uh you know it's it's a tough
1: position to be in i wonder as as quarterbacks kind of get older i wonder if we start seeing that more like they get a mid-season break or you know maybe they they rest caleros the week before the bye week so he gets the two full weeks i don't know we may see something like that in the future uh, back into the twenty-eight fourteen bombers lost to the Alouettes. Uh, talked about the game overall, but was there a player maybe that stood out for you positively in that game outside of maybe uh, you know some of the plays by Maguire or Kenny Lawler? Uh, was there a guy that stood out to you?
0: Uh, I mean, <laughs> Kenny Lawler, obviously, you know, <laughs> still he's he's you know, it's good to see him doing doing well here. He is so um, good. <laughs> he's just so good. Like if. If you ever, uh, if you ever, you know, meet him in person, shake his hand, just um, take into account how big his hands are. <laughs> he has uh, the longest fingers I've ever seen in my entire life. It's like they're like freakishly long. It's it's a trip to see. Um, <laughs> nice, nice dude, nice dude, and he like like fully. He wears like I think like four XL gloves. Because his hands are uh ginormous uh, and they they like because because his hands are like he's able to like wrap his hand around the ball so like easily right um because his hands are so big, it's crazy um this does not fit his body at all because he's not like an overly big dude. <laughs> but, uh, uh it's just funny sometimes uh, but you know honestly, like you know, I thought the defense still played, you know pretty good considering they had some, you know, they had some good plays here and there. Uh, I always like to see my Canadian linebackers get in there. Shane, yep. Shane, uh, Goche, um, you know, he's been, he's been kind of rotating in the lineup. their the season here. So it, I, he doesn't have much love. Uh, so, you know, he was doing, he's, he was doing his thing. Like, you know, it's, they still, you know, again, everyone was kind of in a bad position. <laughs> like, <laughs> no one was at a hundred percent. So, uh, but you know, Seeing my Canadian linebackers, as a former Canadian linebacker, kind of get in there, and
1: uh, you know, I saw Jesse Briggs was in there again too, and stuff like that. You know,
0: it's always it's always nice to see.
1: Yeah, I'm a uh, I'm a always, big Jesse Briggs guy. I got a lot of time for Jesse Briggs on that field, whether it's um, you know, special teams or otherwise. I got a lot of time for him. Guy is uh, a legend. <laughs> he is uh, an absolute
0: legend in that locker room. Just could could not be like a more quiet, solitary dude. Uh, that does not like any sort of spotlight, but is very good at football uh, and incredibly intelligent. Like he doesn't like he knows the entire defensive playbook and uh, special teams playbook and like barely takes notes, just doesn't even need notes. Like, like yeah I have like entire binders full of notes <laughs> and things that I need to remember and he's just like yeah no I got it don't worry <laughs> like all right dude like he was he was the guy I was learning from when I was playing because we played uh on special teams on punt and things like that that's what like we were playing the same position there so um so it was a uh, solid dude super solid dude really good in the locker room and just an all around like Good football player I mean like He was starting For like four games Yeah (laughs) You know when Kyrie was down He was like starting And like No one really Like that's the thing about That's the thing about Jesse No one knew Kyrie was like hurt And that Jesse Briggs Was playing But like It was good Because It wasn't like There was this Glaring gap In the defense Where everyone's like Oh wow He's being exploited We need Kyrie back Yeah it, you know what I mean? It was just like, no one really noticed, but, like, he was still performing well, but, like, he's just such a quiet dude that, like, no one even kind of took it in. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like the
1: ultimate uh, compliment, right?
0: Yeah, well, exactly. It's just, like, you're so good that no one even notices you're there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, like, the perfect thing when you come in for a guy. <laughs> like, you just don't want to stand out, exactly, especially in a yeah. negative way
0: yeah exactly right that's like the biggest thing is you don't want to stand out in the worst possible way right <laughs> so um so yeah he's just and just like i said just a solid dude like just he's he's a solid person so uh yeah it's always good to see you know and and canadian linebackers don't get a lot of love in the cfl uh, i don't even i don't know why you know one of the one of the biggest legends in the cfl was michael shade yeah he was a canadian linebacker you'd think you think you know they would get more more love, but you know Canadian linebackers don't get a lot of love nowadays, so whenever I see you know guys like jesse Briggs on the field i'm I'm happy I'm a
1: happy man absolutely. Uh, let's uh, close out this game versus Montreal by flipping over to the other side, and we talked about Trevor Harris needing to uh, perform he needed to show up, and he did uh, just a solid performance from him and maybe extends his career in the CFL off of that performance. Yeah,
0: I'd say so. Uh, you know, I think, you know, I think it's interesting because, like, the Alouettes traded for him, right? Yeah. So they had something, like they saw something there, right? So I don't think he was necessarily going anywhere, um, but you know it 's like it 's a tough position for you know trevor to be in because he 's coming into a new team with a brand new playbook and they 're expecting him to kind of know everything and perform uh basically out the gate like he was he was dressed the first week he was there he didn 't go in, but he was dressed yeah uh, he he went in for like the last i think drive or something like that um and then and then the next two games are hence the best team in the in the c f l so <laughs> um you know again. Not the greatest position to be in, no. Uh, But that being said, you know, uh, so like, so you know, was he gonna like get kind of canned if he didn't perform? I don't know, maybe. Uh, But like, maybe I should have.
1: Well, maybe I should have said, "Do you think he keeps his starting position in the CFL next year?" Because I think if he would have lost that game, he might have been now a backup going forward. Like, I don't think teams would have viewed him as a starting quarterback anymore.
0: So it, it, I think it'll be very interesting to see what Montreal does going forward um because Vernon Adams was also doing well for them uh and Vernon Adams is kind of as like he's kind of a staple in that market like he's kind of like, like he's kind of like a big deal out there. absolutely like, love Vernon out there so uh so next year will be an interesting. Uh, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do, uh, because I can't imagine Trevor is going to just accept being
1: a a backup. No,
0: especially considering some of the quarterback play in the
1: CSL right now. Yeah, like there is a starting job that he is good enough to go and get, and I can think of four teams off the top of my head where he can well, be the starting quarterback.
0: Exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm kind of like, you know, it'll be next year. It'll be interesting uh in that regard. Um so yeah, so so we'll see, but you, you know, he you know, he played a solid game, you know, not a ton of yards, but he didn't need a ton of yards, still scored three touchdowns and, you know, it's you know, it he didn't throw any, any interceptions, which is always <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> always the big uh the big stat yeah. that everyone looks at. Well, right, seven so.
1: turnovers by the bombers is a pretty telling stat. You're not gonna win many games with seven TOs. <laughs> No, no, you're not. No. You know <laughs> no, what? That's not. then. That's then. Let's get into the now. Um, there's really yeah. not a lot to talk about with the Calgary Stampeders game, which is going to be uh, 6 o'clock in Calgary because I don't I don't suspect this will be a very pretty game. I don't think there will be a whole lot of highlights on either side. Maybe I'm wrong because like you've said before guys are playing for jobs and uh, a lot of the guys that maybe we think is backups who are getting an opportunity, maybe this is their only opportunity. So there's still a lot on the line outside of the score. What do you have uh for thoughts ahead of this Calgary Winnipeg matchup this weekend? Can Can I say
0: this? Like is this like I, I I don't like being negative about other guys, but I don't think Bolivar Mitchell's that good. Like, I just, I've seen this dude play for, like, six years now. And I think he had one really good season, and I don't think he's been good since. And I think other places give this guy way too much credit. And I think he has a, an amazing offensive coordinator that, that is, is very good at his job. Uh, and is able to exploit defenses like crazy, but I do not think Bo Levi's that good. Um,
1: that's just a personal opinion of mine. But, hey man, you've uh, seen him on at field level. You've seen, you know, like you said, the schemes built around him. He, he's done what he's needed to to be successful, and that whether how good he is 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 always up for debate, right? Yeah, no, no. I know,
0: and I mean, like I like it's hard to argue. Like I'm looking at his stats from last week against D.C., which I mean, it's D.C., so. Uh, they've been kind of downhill the second half of the season here. Uh, but he went 20 for 26, 264, and three touchdowns. Like it's hard to argue. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's hard to argue that like, yeah, like that's a good game. Dude.
1: Like, but yeah, like for the record, next time you say, can I say this? I'm, I'm always going to say yes. Cause I know I, I'm always interested <laughs> in what you're going to say, but I love yeah. how you're like worried about saying it. And then you just, then you have to say it. It's just, it just worked well, out. It's like, well, what's your, who do you like better? Bo Levi Mitchell or Mike Riley? Oh jeez, I like I like
0: Mike Riley. I think Mike Riley is an incredibly selfish person for what he did in BC, but uh, Mike Riley is uh, a super tough dude. Like super tough. Yeah. And
1: when he was getting uh, hit against the bombers there, like there were times where I wanted to stay down watching him get hammered and get back up. Yeah, no, exactly, and
0: and I, and I think I think Mike is an incredibly good quarterback as well. I mean, even even if you're looking at his stat line, which you, as we both know, I I don't like stats that much. But Mike Riley went 30 for 37, 340 yards and one touchdown. Like Mike is an actually incredibly good quarterback. Yeah. Uh, if he had, I I think here here is here is a hot take. Uh, I think if Mike Riley. Had the Blue Bombers uh, offense, he would be the leading quarterback in the CFL right now. He throw, for the simple fact that he throws more deep balls than Zach Leros. Um, Mike Riley, everyone knows it. Mike Riley, he's been doing this since Edmonton. He loves to throw the deep balls. Um,
1: okay, he's so like, he's, he's really good. good but not, let's, uh, let's play that fantasy game here for a second. I'm going to interrupt you. Uh, yeah. You put Mike Riley on the Bombers with the offense. Does he, he may have the best stats? He may be over four thousand yards. Are they eleven and two though? With Mike Riley, the way they are with Zach Caleros,
0: so you know it. I don't know. I I don't actually know uh because Mike holds on to the ball a lot. Yeah, so he takes a lot of sacks. Yep. So, I don't know. Like it, it's it's.
1: He doesn't establish well, like, but, the run like he's never really had a run game. But you know, is he using Harris as much? Is are the short checkdowns allowing the receivers to get those yak's uh, yak well, yards? I don't know.
0: Ex- exactly. No, that's, well, that's exactly it. You know what I mean? It, I think that would be, uh, you know, that's a, that's definitely an interesting thought experiment. I don't know if they're they're they have the same record under Mike, um, but I do I do firmly believe that he would have the best stats in the CFL. Uh, for the sole fact that he loves to throw a deep bomb, and he's like super accurate with it, like yes. he can throw like a sixty-yard bomb in stride on the money, and you know it's and like with guys like Darwin and Kenny and things like that, uh, that's that
1: like it. We would it would be you know a blowout. Oh yeah, the, time. the expression um, would just be like put it up, put it up, and the receivers will go get it. Oh, well, exactly yeah. right. So. So,
0: but but at the same time, you know, a lot of, a lot of times it's the DBs there. Like you can go you can go two and out real quick
1: yeah. by doing that, right? <laughs> yeah, or be throwing so, some interceptions and guys running at you the other direction, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. right. So, uh, but you know, I
0: I you know I think Mike Riley is a very good quarterback. He just has the unfortunate uh, position a lot of the times of being behind a very not great offensive line, like right now in BC. So which is
1: partially his own fault. Um, like, oh no, 100%,
0: zero remorse from him. Yeah. Absolutely zero remorse. I mean, like the exactly. team has to
1: draft around him and all, but he's not he's not skipping any paydays to uh no. to, for the o-line to be better. Exactly. No, exactly. And and you know what? Like that's and that's
0: what the greats do. Like Tom Brady yep. took a pay cut. You know what I mean? Peyton Manning took a pay cut. Like like I get it. Like you know, I'm all for like guys getting you know, you know the the proverbial get your bag or you know get that bread, all that. But I mean, at the same time, like, like if you're screwing over the team to do it, then
1: you know you're only hurting yourself. Exactly, like, literally like, hurting yourself by letting yes, these guys come through and right? hammer you.
0: Yeah. So it, it for me, it's kind of just like, okay, dude, like, you, okay, so instead of making a million dollars, you make like seven fifty. Like,
1: yeah. I
0: don't know, dude. Especially now, as you know that I work in the financial industry, I'm like, like that's a lot of money. But at the same time, like, I feel like if you can't make do with that much money, then to like to yeah. keep you like safer on the field, like you know, like you might need to reevaluate some of your uh your, your financial decisions there buddy.
1: <laughs> you so, can tell that fun. we haven't had serious football to talk about in a couple weeks if we're playing oh, yeah. fantasy Mike Riley on the bombers and we're talking yeah, exactly. financial oh, yeah. advice. Yeah,
0: exactly and it's only going to get worse because Uh, This week's another one of those quote-unquote meaningless games, and then we have a bye week.
1: I know. Well, next week we're going to do a full playoff preview, so you're going to have to spend a little time getting ready because you've been pretty good on predictions this year outside of the disastrous one you had versus BC. You've been pretty on fire with uh, with your picks. So before we get into some more bomber news that was made this week, give us a prediction for Calgary versus Winnipeg and what you think the final will be.
0: Uh, is is Bo is Bo Levi playing? Do we know that? We
1: do not know. Like uh, the okay. the rumor has it that he probably won't, Sprink. but I do not know for sure. Hmm. I mean, you know, with our luck, we get so many. We get so many times we release an episode and then we get information after. Oh, I know, right? It's just it's almost like they listen in and they're like, okay, they don't know it's time to let it go. <laughs> yeah. So assume, assume, assume. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, if I had a nickel for every time somebody oh. said that. Uh, <laughs> assume that Bo Levi's out. Let's let's just assume he's out. Let's err on the side of caution here. Okay. If he's out, it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's not
0: going to be a high-scoring game. Like I don't think either side breaks 20 points if Bo Levi's out. Bo Levi's in, different story. Um, especially because I think we're basically doing the same thing where we're sitting everybody. Yeah. So, um, so if Bo Levi's in... You know, twenty plus easy for Calgary. If Bolivari's not in, I think Calgary takes this seventeen, no, nineteen to thirteen. That's my prediction.
1: Very nice. All right, so we'll we'll put that in the bank and see how you do again. Yeah. It's so hard to predict when it's not the real team, right? <laughs> like, it's, well, predicting exactly, is right? dumb You're at kind of- the best of times.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like I'm just like I'm like oh, who's in on the Blue Bombers defense right now? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, is Stove still out? I'm like, I, I'm like, is Biggie even gonna play? Yeah. Like, like
1: who knows?
0: Like, yeah, exactly. So you know, I'll I'll accept I'll accept if I if I don't. Uh, <laughs> what what am I on the season? I feel like I'm like. Oh, I think I might be twelve and one, or am I eleven and two too?
1: You're eleven right, and two as well, because I've right. given you like within a three point buffer usually. Like you're usually within three to seven points. So uh, you've been very good, except the time that you were very, very bad. <laughs>
0: yeah, very bad. I think it was it was that game, the BC game, that was a disaster, and the Toronto game at the start of the season. Yeah. Right? Other
1: than that, you've always picked yeah, Winnipeg okay. to win. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of last week, you you kind of had a sense Montreal was going to win, and you were correct. Yeah. But yes, yeah. you have been very very accurate, and uh, I feel like the Bombers are literally just carrying you in your predictions at this point.
0: Well, I mean it's it's kind of easy when you just bet <laughs> on the best team in the
1: CFL. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah,
0: they're gonna win. <laughs> yeah, the
1: best one one of the best teams in history. Yeah, they're yeah. gonna win this week. Yeah, they, yeah, great way to go out on a limb there, John. Yeah, exactly. Right. So. Uh, we got some Winnipeg Blue Bomber news this week. The Canadian Football League has announced the team-by-team winners, and uh, certain awards were handed out. And I don't think there's much of a surprise, but um, I'll, just, I'll just tell the award and who won it for, on behalf of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and just give a sentence or two uh, to what you've thought about them this year, uh, starting with the most outstanding player, quarterback Zach Caleros.
0: Yeah, no doubt. He's solid, solid QB, solid dude well-deserved I'm very happy for him and his wife who just had a second baby Um, you know that's that's awesome Uh, I I hope when he wins the MOP award that he recognizes me in his speech um, because I definitely had a part to play in that
1: yeah hold your breath on that one John I got a good feeling there he's you're gonna be the first person he mentions this, even before his new baby yep I just want to thank John Rush and then my family yeah I, I can hear it in his speech now uh, most outstanding defensive player, linebacker Adam Big Hill. Your thoughts on on Biggie's season and uh, and uh, deserving that award?
0: Guys playing lights out, you know, and and it's it's a it's a tough position. I'm sure the I'm sure the Blue Bombers were were in a tough position because when you have a when you have a defense that's this good that it, like has allowed three passing touchdowns in the you know. In eight games or nine games into the season, you have a lot of choice. <laughs> like you have a lot of very good players on that field, uh, and Biggie is—you uh, know—Biggie's obviously the leader of that defense, uh, and he's playing lights out this year. He's—he's he's absolutely killing it. Um, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. So uh, there's—it's like, not even really close. You look at the the other players across the league, and it's
1: just, no one's even kind of in the same realm uh, as Biggie right now. Absolutely. Uh the next four were all unanimous uh unanimous selections, so really cool for these players. And uh we'll start with the most outstanding Canadian Nick Dembski. Yeah. No,
0: like that, yeah, it's it had to be him. Like he's he's it's probably the best season I've seen him have, uh in you know, the time I've been watching, you know, Nick play. Uh and it you know, sometimes it's like watching him play college ball again because he is just you know, he's just running around these guys, and he's so versatile in what he does, Um and he's such a hard-working dude. I'm, I'm really happy to, to see that for him.
1: You know, one day, I'm going to ask you if there's more to the story about why he did not go back to Saskatchewan and ended up in Winnipeg. I'm wondering if there's more to that story than maybe fans know, so maybe we'll have to scratch the surface of that uh Next week, when we have literally very little to talk about because there's no football in Bomberland, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, most outstanding offensive lineman unanimous decision was Stanley Bryant.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, there was never any doubt. That guy is just so good at football. Uh, fun fun fact about Stanley: once, though, uh, one one time we were coming out uh, before practice, uh, and he was kind of just getting warmed up, and he's like, "Hey, Rush, uh, you know, line up against me and just kind of." do a couple pass rushes to warm me up. So so like I was just doing a couple and it's you know, it's before practice, so I I wasn't going hard or anything and he's just like he's like, no, get, like give me a move, you know, go a little bit harder so I can, you know, warm up. So I uh so i like, okay, so I go and I give him like a little shake and one two step and like you know get around him. Uh and I, I and I beat him. Like we weren't in pads or anything, but I beat him and uh and like Mike O'Shea was standing right there and like like chirped Stanley. And I was like, oh, man, I just made Stanley look bad right in front of the head coach. I was like, oh, that's not a good look. And uh, Stanley, like, laughed it off later. But uh, uh, that is always my claim to fame is that I beat uh, Stanley in in a rep once. So, you know.
1: John, you've had the most, uh, maybe the most underrated CFL career. You were catching passes, the number one practice receiver for Zach Claros. You beat Stanley Bryan off the line before practice once. You've been the backup punter. I mean, you've just done it all. And you know what? I'm so glad that we got to chat with you and learn all these amazing things that you've done that no one's ever heard of.
0: I am, you know, I'm just a practice squad hero. That's (laughs) exactly what I am. I am just a practice hero. And, uh, you know what? I I will accept
1: that. Uh, yeah, you got a very nice gray cup ring for it, so that's uh, exactly. it's you did okay. Uh, it very is the good. annual time when in this uh, in this episode where we pump the tires of Mike Miller because he is the most outstanding special teams player, and I know he is one of your favorite players and people on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and I can guarantee that John Rush thinks that no one deserves it more. Than Mike Miller, who maybe should get some uh, MOP consideration, he never will because of his position. But uh, he is the special teams player of the year for Winnipeg. Your thoughts on Mike? I,
0: you know, I I don't think you're wrong. I think Mike does deserve the MOP. Like not only because he is an amazing football player, but just an amazing teammate on that field. Like, he is the glue that holds a lot of that team together, and you know, he's one of those vets that. You know, is a reason there is such a good culture on that team. And, you know, that cannot be underrated. And that's, you know, that's why I always talk about, um, stats and how they lie. Like, you know, you know, when I, when I didn't get signed with the bombers, I said something on Twitter, uh, about like, you know, not playing anymore. Uh, and someone created a fake account and screenshotted my tweets and my, or screenshotted my stats. Um, and like tweeted them at me, and and I just like I just laughed it off. Like you know, like if you look at my stats, they're not great. But I was a fullback that played special teams. You know what I mean? Like what stats am I gonna have? I yeah. played punt return and kick return. Like all the stats go to the returners and Andrew Harris. You know, go ahead and look at their stats and kind of you know you can kind of deuce it from there. But obviously, I'm not gonna have good stats and. Uh, and that's kind of where that's kind of where it's unfortunate for Mike is because he's in the exact same position as me, um, or you know as I was, uh, except that he's you know lights out on punt and kickoff and is a literal hall of famer in the making. Yes, he is a literal, literally breaking records, uh, but also just an all around amazing teammate. And I 100% firmly believe that he is. He is deserving of the MOP award. Uh, you know, just because he doesn't have the stats to back it up doesn't mean he's not, you know, the best football player on that field. Like, he 100% deserves that award uh, Yeah, just as much.
1: You know, maybe it could be, like, a, a newly created one, like, most important player. Not outstanding, necessarily, but most important. And I think he would be right near the top of that list. And don't sell yourself short. We always joke, but uh, you were a very important part of the Bombers for many different reasons because you could do it all. You were like a Swiss Army knife and a Canadian as well, so that helped the ratio, which uh, I don't think you get enough credit for. Just being Canadian, John, so good job. Uh, there you go. (laughs) Last one for the Bombers Awards, uh, most outstanding rookie defensive back DeAndre Alford. You know what it's like to be a rookie in the CFL. It's not... Always easy and uh, learning the new CFL game is hard. Just what have you thought of Alford? And uh, I follow him on social media. He seems like just a genuine human being. But what have you thought of Alford in his uh, rookie season with Winnipeg?
0: Yeah, I know this dude is it's cra It's crazy watching him. It, like, I haven't seen uh, a, a rookie DB come in like that, uh, learn the game, um, and be this, like, this lights out. I don't think I've ever seen a, a rookie DB uh, do that. Uh, so, you know, watching watching this kid play and watching his transitions and, and watching, you know, watching him on that field has is, is been just a lot of fun this year. And uh, he seems, you know, it seems like a, a solid dude from what I can gather. That all, all the rest of the guys on the team love him, um, and just it's just been a lot of fun. And, and, and you're right, like it is coming in as a rookie is tough. You know, there's a lot to learn. Uh, especially as, uh, as an American, there's a lot, a lot you need to know. And, uh, and, and this, this guy's going to have a really good career in the CFL if he keeps doing what he's doing because it's, uh, he's, he, he kind of, he just has it. You know, he's one of those guys, some, some guys just have it. You know, so like, so, you know, and, and I, I never had it. I had to work extremely hard, uh, to do what I did. Like I, I was always sorry. My dogs are <laughs> in the background, um, you know. And 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 I always I always laugh at sometimes when I see these people that are just like, oh, like if you you know you if you work hard you can do anything. Like no, you can't. I will never run as fast as Usain Bolt. I don't care how hard I work. I will never run as fast as Usain Bolt. It just won't happen. Um, but uh, so some dudes just have it. You know what I mean. And when you have a dude that just has it and works hard, that's when you get guys like Alford and like Usain Bolt, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's when you see greatness happen. So to see, you know, to see this kid doing uh, well has been, you know, it's been, it's been awesome to, to watch him play. I have uh, i I've really enjoyed watching him play this season.
1: We will have uh, more on the CFL awards. We'll maybe get some of your predictions because I think multiple bombers are going to walk away with uh, CFL hardware. And I would imagine that we could probably make a case for everybody that just won Bombers Awards to get the big awards as well. So we'll do that next week. Would it be crazy to say that I think they're going to sweep the awards? Yes, it would be crazy to say. It is a bit of a hot take, but it's not... I think if they did it fairly, the bombers would sweep. Does that make sense? But they won't let them. Yes.
0: Like when Stanley should have won in twenty nineteen but they didn't because they wanted the Canadian O line to win. Yes. 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 Like th- yes. I,
1: awards are, are I think awards are great to be nominated for awards are fantastic. I don't always think the best person wins. And I think that's no. a lot of people can agree to that. hundred percent. Uh one hundred
0: percent. That's why like we don't focus on awards. We no, it's great. It's awesome to be recognized, but at the same time it's just like they're kind of rigged. So
1: yeah. I mean, I don't know who necessarily picks these awards either. And uh, you know that they always want to try and get every team. Uh, and, hey, you know what? If it helps grow the game and they get to promote a player to, you know, go to schools and get more kids involved in football, I don't care. Like, I, <laughs> like, awards are nice, Grey Cup is better, and growing the CFL is very important. Oh, well, exactly, right? So it's just,
0: you know, it is what it is, but uh, I don't personally put too much. Uh, put too much – you know, emphasis on them. I'm kind of just like, you know, it is what it is, and if you don't win, you don't win.
1: Nope. and no one's gonna, no one's gonna lose any sleep over it. I don't think. No, exactly. But we'll do that next. We'll predict them next week. Now that we just kind of tore them down a little bit, we'll make predictions next week. Uh, also <laughs> yeah. with playoffs, John. We got a few more minutes here. Uh, retweet or delete. Going through your Twitter, you d- just kicking up dust all over the place, uh, which oh, yeah. is kind of your thing. You just love to get into social media. And you're doing really weird things. We'll get into that coming up in just a second. Uh, how is your? Uh, are you trying to become a barista? What is this art you're doing in your coffee? And have you stopped that?
0: Um, no, actually, <laughs> I had, I went out last night to get more barista blend uh, oat milk because I had run out. Um, so I bought my my. So Thomas Thomas Miles, who played on the bombers with me, uh, su- he's super into coffee uh, super into like espressos and, uh, um, you know, things like that. And I'm just like, I was never a big coffee guy. Um, and then, you know, I spent so much time with Thomas that I became a, I became kind of a coffee guy and I, I love a good latte now, but I hate paying nine bucks at Starbucks for a, for an oat milk latte. So Thomas convinced me to get this super expensive, uh, espresso machine because, uh, somehow, spending eight hundred dollars on a coffee machine is, is better than spending eight or nine dollars. Uh, and
1: you're a I financial guy, right? Like, let's just yeah. you're a, you're a, you're a financial guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. It, yeah. It, it, in my mind, it worked out. <laughs> um, so I, I I convinced myself that I was gonna, uh, <clears throat> you know, like learn how to make lattes <laughs> if I'm not gonna be going to Starbucks anymore. Um, surprisingly difficult. Like. Like the espresso is easy. frothing the milk is easy um, the art on the other hand <laughs> and, and if you 've looked at my twitter you 'll understand is very difficult <laughs> it's,
1: i don 't know if it's that difficult. You make it look really hard
0: no i 'm telling you right now you know it, have you ever tried it have you no. ever, you know what, i'm I mean, not. A- I'm,
1: I'm not a coffee guy at all i don't drink coffee i I don't drink any lattes or hot beverages. i don't do starbucks uh, I'm not a coffee guy
0: that's well you're missing out
1: because that's uh <laughs> that's, that's 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 i drink like three a day yeah well but, i got eight hundred dollars uh, in my account. what about you <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a good point actually that's a very good point so but uh, uh but you know I, it, here's the thing you know as we know uh sometimes i'm not the uh, sharpest tool in the shed. So I don't know if I'm just doing something terribly wrong, or if it's actually this difficult. But uh, yeah, the art's not coming out great right now. Uh, it's a little bit provocative, and I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> like, I'm very concerned. <laughs> I don't like, know how to fix
1: it. <laughs> like, oh, god Yeah, it's you know,
0: it's very concerning. And like like people like people have just been like no one's even trying at this point to help me fix it. They're no. just like, like all accepting that I like am just drawing provocative <laughs> latte art. And like, I'm, I'm upset about it. Like, I don't like this. I don't want to be doing this. I want like, I want to be doing like cute hearts. Um, like that, that's literally what I'm trying to do, but it's not like, it's not like when I pour it, it's, it's making a, sh- you know, a, a line instead of a ripple. And, uh,
1: I love that it breaks your heart that you can't do this. I don't know why. I get so much joy that you care so much and you just can't seem to get her done. Well, like, it just, like, it seems so simple. It does. It really does. But you make it look so difficult. It's great. And you know why nobody helps you, John? Because you do things like put peanut butter in your coffee and then you double down and argue with a hundred people on Twitter about it. That's why nobody helps you.
0: Well, you know what? Um, Let me tell you. Yes. Putting peanut butter and jelly in my coffee today, so you know I'm going to take a video of that in just a little bit, and so that'll be a that'll be a little fun, little fun little treat for everyone uh, after this—a little peanut butter and jelly latte.
1: Yeah, the probably. person that's going to enjoy it the least is probably you.
0: One million percent, actually. I can't imagine this is going to taste good in the slightest.
1: No. So, yeah so
0: pretty excited about it actually hey that's uh, good. <laughs> a lot of people are going
1: to be mad. <laughs> follow him on twitter at john rush thirty two and feel free to share any opinions you have about John's lattes or his vegan food or uh you had a really great uh idea uh doing pop ups that is definitely worth a retweet i would say uh do just explain pop ups for us
0: yeah no it's uh it's definitely a retweet uh I'm actually considering making it a series. Where I actually just do workouts with the dogs now, uh, but use them as my like weights. Uh, because here's the thing. Uh, I work out in my basement. Um, you know, I bought some weights over the pandemic as the gyms were closed. And, uh, so now I just work out in my basement and Bone and Bailey love to come down and just like be with me. So they kind of hang out in the basement, but they're so big and I don't have like that large of a basement space that they're just always in the way. <laughs> like, they just and and they love it. They love being in the way, so they'll just like lie in the way, and I'll try and get them to move. I will like try and pick them up, and they're just like dead weight. They're just like no, 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 we're not moving. <laughs> like it's it's not happening. Like good luck, buddy. So uh, so with the pop ups, I'm just like all right. Well, I'll just I'll just incorporate them into my workouts now. Um, and so now in, instead of doing push ups, uh, you know, I just I do a push up, but at the bottom of it I kiss bone on his head because he's literally right in the middle of my workout space, so uh, I have to incorporate him somehow. Uh, I think the next step uh, is to is to use them as like weights and do squats with them, or something like that. Yeah, I can't imagine Bailey will like that very much. He hates being picked <laughs> up, but Bone is just dead weight. He will not care about anything.
1: Will he wake so, up while you do it is the question, or or will he just sleep through it? I think... I think he'll sleep through. It. Yeah, I think
0: so like, too. Like I think it's like you know when the those dogs' necks just kinda like go limp and it's like <laughs> they flop over the side? Like I I literally think his neck would just do that the
1: entire time. I'd be like, You're you're a mess, dude. You so, are a mess. And yeah. That is awesome. Two more, yeah. retweet or delete, and then we'll talk about the special event that it, that you're going to be taking part in that is actually sold out, and maybe there's more stuff coming. But two more, retweet or delete. Uh, from uh, JohnRush32, working out in the polo I wore to work today because I don't want to make more laundry. Work smarter, not harder. Would you like to retweet or delete that?
0: I might consider deleting it. Uh, just because I feel like it might be hurting my dating prospects.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, because the latte art and, and all the yeah. other stuff is just screaming, "Come here, ladies!"
0: Exactly <laughs> right. So uh, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not 100 sure I want like uh, I wanted that one uh, out there. Uh, so
1: yeah, that one's. Uh, was, you rethought that, that one did you
0: yeah that was my
1: <laughs> and then yeah. uh, i think i know the answer to this one because we actually talked about it prior to uh hit record here but uh from at john rush 32 on twitter i've made the decision to start waking up earlier in the morning 7 a.m and i will proceed to tell everyone i know how life-changing waking up early is you i'm gonna throw it out that you want to delete that because you hate getting up early now oh it's- it's god awful.
0: It absolutely god awful. Like not Like it, you know, it's like it's like a it's a catch twenty two because I do feel like I have more time now, but I'm I'm
1: miserable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so at what cost do I have more time? Like, you know what I mean? Like Just more time, time to
1: complain work? about being tired. Is that, that's what you've got.
0: Yes, exactly. Now, now I just have two hours in the morning now before work starts where I can just tweet about how uh, miserable I am and how tired I am. Um, So, yeah, no, it's, you know, it's great, but it sucks.
1: (laughs) Well, it's, you know what, I get up at around 4.30 every morning. So that's, that's when I get up. Now, I also don't stay up late. And why don't you share what you ended up doing last night and why you're maybe a little extra tired this morning?
0: Well, so it was, like, 11.30 at night, and I was just finishing up some work, and I was scrolling through, I think, like, Facebook, and I saw this article that, that was talking about how it was from, like, CTV Winnipeg or something, like, you know, those promoted posts. It was talking about how there was, a, like, the, the best lunar eclipse in 600 years was happening at, like, in, like early this morning. I'm like, oh, man, that'd actually be kind of cool. I'm like, what, what time does it start? So like it starts at one and goes till 3:30 a.m. So I'm like, okay, like I I won't stay up till 3:30. Like that's crazy, but I'll you know I'll stay up till like one to see the start of it and and see. Uh, so you know I was I was waiting around. I was just kind of like waiting around, waiting around. I went and looked. The the moon was like super bright last night. I don't know if anybody got outside, but the moon was super bright last night. Um, and then like 12:55 rolled around. I'm like why am I still awake? Like I'm, just, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I completely missed the lunar eclipse by like five minutes for no good reason. Um, I just wanted to go to bed. Uh, and now I, you know, now I'm on like, like six hours sleep. So yeah, it's a good time. There's a really great decision I made.
1: You're a tax-paying grown-up. Like that Like is like all I'm thinking about while you tell shocking. some stories. You, Absolutely shocking. You have a home. You're responsible for animals. And you pay taxes. You have a car. You're a grown-up. It is just so fun. I, the fact that I'm
0: responsible for myself and I'm still here, um, I think is probably the most shocking part of it. I think that's probably... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the fact that I haven't somehow messed this up so badly that I'm not here anymore uh, is probably the biggest, you know, the biggest shock to me. I just love because,
1: how society's trying to keep you in your home and you're still finding ways to branch out, though. Yes,
0: no, exactly. It's just putting peanut butter in, in my coffee. <laughs> like, it's
1: just how, this just sounds like like something that's not going to end well no and then let's post it on the internet and have tens and twenties of people just ripping you apart and just making your day uh before we close out for the week uh we do have to talk about the special event that you uh partnered up with uh manitoba great pyrenees rescue uh really amazing stuff and you're going to be a very busy santa coming up on december 5th
0: yeah no i'm i'm super excited about it i was uh yeah, I wasn't sure how many people were going to sign up for this and, uh, and wanted to get pet pictures, but we actually, you know, we had, we had 40 people sign up and then we had to open it up and we opened up 20 more spots. So we got 60 pets coming through on December 5th. We raised $1,500, um, for the Manitoba Great Pyrenees Rescue with, uh, Sunny, Sunny's a photographer here in Winnipeg and she's really amazing. So, uh, I'm super excited about it. Um. You know, I they have a Santa suit for me, so I'm not sure what it what I'm gonna look like as a Santa Claus. Like this is the first time I've ever uh dressed up as a Santa Claus. So um, you know, I you know, I I, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't really know how to act. I I might have to YouTube this and be like, How to act like Santa? <laughs> do I just say, you know, what do I what are the what are the catchphrases, you know, besides you know, besides like, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. you know, <laughs> what what are the catchphrases? Uh, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, it's like, I feel like I'm back in my football days where I have to like game plan this, <laughs> uh, it, I, you know, I had, and I got a good, you know, I got a good time frame here to uh, kind of figure it out and, and do some, you know, some game study. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a new world for me. So I'm, I'm pretty excited, but, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm sure the pictures will be great. We have, because it was it was open for all pets. It wasn't just open for dogs. So we actually have, what did we get? We have a hedgehog coming. <laughs> we have a rabbit. We have some cats. Uh, I think someone asked if they could bring their, like, chinchilla or something like that. So, uh, you know, the pictures from this, this shoot are going to be uh, very fun to see. Because there's going to be, uh, I mean, dogs, of course, of you, know, course. It, it, you know, any picture of a dog is great. Uh, but there's also going to be some other really fun, uh, animals there too, to, 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 switch things up. So it'll be, I think it'll be really fun. And It was for a great cause, you know, a hundred percent of the proceeds went to uh, Manitoba great Pyrenees rescue, which is, uh, you know, which is awesome. And, you know, I, I love, I love, uh, great Pyrenees. I have two rescues myself and, uh, you know, I'm always, I'm always down for the cause
1: and here's hoping that uh, maybe just maybe you'll uh, be able to do another event similar to that and uh, a ton of people I'm sure would be interested in that last one before we let you go because you're going to be Santa on the 5th but you're only allowed one Rudolph who is it Bone or Bailey? Uh,
0: Rudolph uh, I dare I say neither? (laughs) Okay here's my reasoning Bone would have zero interest zero he's like he's steering me to the nearest bed like but he is not like and and here's the thing he'll sleep in a snowstorm he doesn't care he doesn't care if i die out there <laughs> he's just like dude i'm tired i'm going to bed like figure it out um he's he's, he's not going to be very good in this snowstorm which is like rudolph's entire purpose and then bailey like you know some people think i'm chaotic if i let if i let bailey have my phone for a day i think everyone would be uh in shock <laughs> everyone would need therapy after she is the definition the definition of chaotic energy and just just basically chaos in general so um yeah no uh, I, so i don't really know if i want bailey Uh, At the front of my sleigh, either because I don't know what she would do, like I don't know where she would bring me, (laughs) like I would be, uh, I would be afraid. So uh, yeah, I'm not really sure I would want either (laughs) of those. Be honest,
1: (laughs) John. As always, thanks for doing this, buddy. Uh, An extended uh, episode this week. We'll get into predictions next week. Always love catching up, talking Bomber Football, your crazy Twitter at JohnRush32 and Instagram at JohnRush5, and, of course, the Dogs. I uh, Again, congratulations on raising so much money and look forward to uh, more events down the road. Thanks for doing this, pal. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. The Country 107 Morning Show with Dave Anthony. Weekday mornings only on Country 107.